Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now, on to the show. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Karen. I want to tell all of the listeners today that our furnace is on. Oh. Um, and that's just something maybe they will hear, maybe they won't hear. I know it's something that really bothers me when I edit, um, but it is minus 40 today. Yes. <laughs> so we are not turning the furnace off in order to record. That's right. We had to crank this baby up to like 71 just to stay, like, stay comfortable. Yes. Uh, thank you for explaining that to them. And hopefully they don't mind if there's a little bit of noise. Yes. So thank you in advance. Okay. So we're going to jump into a story today about a client named Solana. And she starts, well, first of all, it's a telephone session. Well, no, first of all, I chose that name and told you. Yes. Um, just so people don't think, oh, wow, real name, holy man. Oh, true enough, because the routine is to say to you, what name do you choose today? Yeah, so as we were setting up, I said, you know, what what name do you need? A female, male, non, non-gendered. And she said, I'd like a female name. Okay, so Solana is a telephone session. Mm-hmm. And she begins the session by saying to me, I would like to know if I have a learning disability. Ooh, that's very uh, a very pointed question. It is. And I mean, I'm, I'm illustrating that because you, that's not an average question that we get. So something must have happened. An event must have ensued for her to desire to ask that. Mm-hmm. 
So I just paused. I kind of like put my head down and just said to the spirit guides, like, what do I do with that? Um, what do you guys want to say about it? And she is a consistent client. So I don't have to explain to her why my, why my head is down, why I'm taking my time, what I am doing and listening to the spirit guides. She totally gets it. So I am comfortable to take my time on the phone where there's just silence. And the spirit guides say to me, um, she has challenges with listening. It's not a learning disability. She has other issues. And the very first one that we want you to approach is the fact that she is not a good listener. So she does not take in all of the information somebody says to her. And so she will go off and do something. And they think that she has a problem because she's not doing anything that is in alignment with what they have said. So now this, and there's other reasons, but this is one of the reasons now that she's putting a whole bunch of situations together. She's putting a whole bunch of comments people have made together. And she's questioning how her brain is actually functioning. And if she actually has had a whole lifetime of a learning disability. And I said to the guides, okay, I will repeat that. And I did. And then I followed it up by saying the very first example of the fact that it's not a learning disability, it's actually part of her character, was the fact that she is not a good listener. And she sat silently for quite a while, which is her habit, because she will sit and she will think about something that they say, not to make it right, but simply to assess and go, is that possible? Have people said that to me before? Do I notice I'm not a good listener? And then I hear a chuckle. And she goes, my daughter would, say, would totally say, see, I fucking told you, mom, like this. And she goes, and my husband would just look at me and like give me that look like I've said this a thousand times. Why are you now going to hear this? Because Karen's telling you when we've been telling you for the last several decades. So did someone actually say to her, do you have a learning disorder or ask her that question or accuse her of that? Oh, I don't know. I'm really, I'm curious and obviously you're not mm. going to answer the question, but like some people will default to like, oh, I must have a learning disorder because they don't want to take ownership of the underdeveloped skills that they have. And it's not because they don't have the faculties for it. It's that they haven't developed the tool. Some people have an identified learning disorder because they've been tested and the faculties are not there. And I just, I find it really curious the people who want to blame it on that because it can't possibly be something wrong with me as a person. It must be something wrong with my brain. I love your explanation. It comes to pass in this session that as we go through the different reasons why she thinks she has a learning disability, they point out her behaviors. They point out her stubbornness and her unwillingness to look at herself. Mm -hmm. Even though she would totally tell people she's extremely self-aware, she's extremely spiritual. Well, that's the thing is if I don't want to take ownership over some underdeveloped areas of myself, then it must be something internally wrong or missing because it can't possibly be, be because of my lack of good intentions. Mm -hmm. and, and there's such um, a high level of 
sensitivity to criticism. That is one of the other issues here that the guides talk about is that she has parents that are super critical of her. Right. So she's got increased anxiety, which creates an inability to listen, but that's not a learning disorder. And so you're pointing out the things that I've got to share in the show today, that she has high levels of anxiety as a result of the way that her parents parent her. So she does quite well in school. She has great marks. But just as she continues to go through adult life and jobs, she works in a business where she's her own boss. (laughs) Then this is wildly interesting because she would excel in school. She would identify that as a necessary thing to be or be perceived as successful. Therefore, I will listen in this area. I will excel in this area. And there would be an un, like a lack of doubt in herself because this is going to help my image. But if other situations and relationships don't help create an image I want for myself, then all of a sudden I don't have an ability to listen. Therefore, it must be a learning disorder. You've you've done it beautifully again in this show. Thanks. Yep. And so they point out these examples to her and say, well, you know, when when you took your course to sew, you didn't have any disabilities. You could put patterns together. You could be... Listen, be instructed. You got it. Yeah. Yes. And she would go, oh, well, that's very true. That's why I always just thought my husband and my daughter were just being picky, that they were just being mean to me. And I said, oh, I said, so when they're telling you that you're not a good listener, you think it's just to criticize you, to put you down, as opposed to that they're actually saying you're not listening because you don't want to hear what they have to say. And it's not even really that, and I hope I hope people can hear this part. It's not necessarily that they don't, that humans don't want to hear what you have to say. It's that what you are asking of them, what role you're asking them to fulfill would change their image, their self-perception. And that usually comes from an unconscious motivation to protect themselves. Oh, that's that's great. That's very well said. So they continued to spend her half hour going through a number of situations to give her examples of you got your anxiety when you were a child because this was the way that your parents treated you. So if you asked a question, they would say, we're the adults, or they would come up with, you must listen to the your grandparents, or like they, ju- they just dead-ended um, things where she... I'm going to say try to use her own voice to speak up or to, to individuate in any kind of way, or even just to think on her own. So school actually offers her a credible place to show that she actually can exist as an individual and totally excels there. Likely because she was praised for it. Yeah. And so as she's praised that she does well, she has a, a wonderful desire through her entire life, to constantly look, be looking for the next course. And she goes, that's so true. I go from one thing to another, and sometimes I'm taking three or four courses at the same time. And she goes, and now that I'm retired, there's even more. And yeah, because that's where she actually can feel and be truly herself. And we see clearly that there's no learning disabilities at all. 
There's no problems with learning whatsoever, or pardon me, with hearing. And there also are no problems with her confronting in those environments. So she can say something back to the teachers. She can get into a debate in a class and at school. She can get into these things, and she's quite good at it. But there seems to be just particular environments where she thinks that she has a learning disability. But when she asked the question, she did not know that. She thought that I must have a learning disability then in all aspects. And I said, well, wouldn't that thought have confused you? Yeah, it's funny how we block out different parts of our lives that don't um, collude the idea of what we want to believe of ourselves now. It's like we forgot all of the academic accomplishments that we had in our earlier years. Yeah. If we need to claim that we have a disability now. Yes, so she goes, she just started laughing, Kelly. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She just had a good chuckle and she goes, oh, my God. She goes, this is so true, Karen. She goes, and then she starts giving me the examples. Oh, that's great. It, absolutely. And she goes, okay, I'm starting to understand, but I still like the question. She says, and I'm glad I've asked it. She says, because you're actually pointing things out to me that I that my husband, who's an, who's an adult, and my daughter, who's an adult, are actually really trying to point out to me, and I keep brick walling them then. And she says, I'm starting now to understand that I've been brick walling the very two people that I say are the most important people on this planet that I would die for. Right. But she wouldn't brick wall them if she was getting praise. Right. That's right. She can't handle. And so we talked about that, Kelly. The fact that she might have to sit down with them and say, I'm not getting any praise from you. That's why I'm behaving this way. So it's on me to figure this out. You're not supposed to have to come and praise me. And she goes, so what do I do about that? And I said, you go to therapy to talk about that. You don't bring that to your daughter. You don't bring that to your husband. You're going to go to a therapist and work that out and get your strategies and come up with some homework and then go back to the two of them and say, I have homework and this is what it is and I want to try it with you and then go back and talk to my therapist about it. You don't want to try and get and work that through all on your own with them when you have no outside source to give you choices that you've never seen before. Yeah, more than that, though, you don't want to work through that on your own because you have limited resources within yourself. And that's not a criticism. That's true for all of us, right? It's like saying, I should never have to pick up a book. I should know everything there is to know about the clouds. That's not the case. We all have to pick up a book. But I want to answer the question, why? Why, Karen, is your answer she has to go to therapy? Because you need a third party who you are not running the huge risk of rejection uh, like from, mm-hmm. right? And some people will say, no, I've been rejected by my therapist and it was fucking traumatizing. I get that. There is still a risk in exposing your vulnerabilities to another human. But it's not the same as trying to work through issues with your intimate partner. Mm -hmm. It's not the same as working through your issues with a loved one like your adult daughter, where you know you already don't listen well. You need a mediator to be able to say, whoa, whoa, let's pause. Let's, you know, let's stop this conversation for a second. Let's dial it back. What are you experiencing? What did you feel when they said this? How did you respond? How did you feel about your response? Like you need someone to help you actually dissect and get into the nooks and crannies. 
instead of thinking it's a he said, he said, she said, and this was the outcome and now I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So the guide suggested to her to voice record the and, and to ask her daughter to ask her husband if she could voice record on her phone so that she could listen to those conversations afterwards to see when she's not listening. Which would be great things to take to a therapist. Yeah. So she could take that conversation to the therapist, play it, be able to say, okay, I haven't listened to that in a while, so I'm just going to tell you what I think got said in that conversation and why I'm mad at my husband. This is what he said to me, and go through that. This is what I think he said. And then for the therapist to say, yes, that's what he said, or no, that's not what he said at all. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's there's ample more possibilities on top of what you've just said, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, that is what he said, but you're not paying attention to tone. Yes. If you video record it, yes, that is what he said, but you're not paying attention to the body language, mm-hmm. right? Like there's so much to dissect on top of or underneath, however you want to say that, uh, what's being said. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move on to one of the other answers now. Um one of her other answers was she gets stuck in believing that in her role, so her, perhaps her role, for example, as as mom, that um, she knows what her daughter's going to say, because we have had this conversation before, and I know what I need to do, so I'm not going to listen because I already know this song and dance. We've been over it a thousand times. And we both know I'm going to just go out and I'm going to do this for you anyhow. So I'm just going to go and do it. And typically people who are not good listeners have decided what their roles are themselves. They haven't consulted. They haven't clarified. They haven't checked in to see if it's still a role that needs to be played, right? They might assume because we did it once or twice that it's just the role we play now. Like they put the role on themselves most of the time and stop listening based on the assumption. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the role, because... She has decided what she's doing in a role as mom. Um, She's skipping steps in processes. And she went, what? She goes, just slow down for a sec. She goes, say it again. And I said, well, you have a role. So you think as mom, this is what she's going to say. This is what we're going to do. Or this is what we're both going to say. This is how the conversation will end. Then I'm going to go off and I'm going to do this anyway, because she's just going to drop it or she's going to forget. And I'm going to get this done. But I said, you skip steps in process. You don't bother to check in with that person. You don't bother to check in with yourself to say, do I have the time? Do I have the energy? Do I have the desire? Is this my responsibility? Am I crossing boundaries? Have I made assumptions? Did I check in? You don't go through any sort of a check-in with yourself, and you don't do any sort of a check-in with the other person. And she goes, I think you just totally did something, and my brain feels like it's a Rubik's Cube spinning out of control, and I don't know how to describe it, but it kind of feels good, and it kind of doesn't. Does that make sense to you? And I went... It's called change. (laughs) It's called growth. (sighs) And those are growing pains. Yeah. Yes, it makes sense. (laughs) That's cool how you answered that. Yeah. I don't, I didn't answer it as eloquently as you did. I just simply said to her, of course, that's the way it's supposed to feel because we're, we're detangling processes that were unhealthy, that were short circuited to begin with, because you made assumptions, 
you didn't do any checking in with yourself or the other person. There was a complete breakdown in communication and self-assessment in all kinds of things. You just, and she goes, oh my God, like this. And then you can hear her laughing at herself. You can hear her sitting there going, this is a shit show. And it's, it's like, okay, any woman or man with long hair or they, pardon me, any human who has long hair and has worn a necklace will understand this. You know, like when it gets all tangled up in a knot, when you take it off and there's like 20 of your hairs stuck in it and you're like, this is a shit show. It's so not fun taking it apart. And you know, you know what the good pieces are. You know what needs to stay and all those hairs need to just kind of like go away once you untangle shit. Those disconnected pieces that she's talking about. It's not fun. No one likes doing it, right? But eventually you're going to get out the kinks and you're going to have this beautiful necklace to wear again. I like your analogy. And I'm going to say sometimes it's it's necessary to get a tiny pair of scissors and cut. Yeah, sometimes it's the hair that's holding the knot together and it's just like, get the fuck out of there. You got to cut something. You got to cut something out. So anyway, her reaction is part of the reason why I thought this was going to be such a good podcast today. Because she doesn't go into beating herself up and she points that out to me. She says, or pardon me. The guides came through and said, you're doing a good job, Karen, check in with her. So I said, okay. So I asked her, I said, how are we doing so far in the session? And she goes, well, I was a bundle of nerves at the beginning of this, thinking that I was going to be in 100% shame for the entire day. Hmm. She said, I had it all prepared, what I was going to eat for supper. And I'm like, huh? She goes, oh, I was all prepared for my carbs. Oh, wow. So she like prepped herself sabotage? Yep. That's a whole yep. she other says, level. Oh, yeah. She says, I was just expecting that by the time supper came along, I'd have a bottle of wine that I would, um, you know, I was going to eat pasta. I was like, you can see that she was saying that I'm going to be so stressed and I'm going to be so shamed. And I'm going to eat eat my feelings at the end of the session. Yes. I would bring that up in therapy as well. Yeah. And I said, well, I briefly said that to her. And then we got back into the fact that she felt safe with me in that she knew that the spirit or guides were not there to shame her, that all of those answers were going to be coming from a place of, these are my spirit guides. They want what's best for me. I'm good. I'm going to listen to it. So she was in a frame of mind for a little period of time that she felt good. And then the other aspect of her totally sabotages it. Yeah. And I think too, like I can completely empathize with her in that if you know, okay, Karen Sarlo is going to provide me this safety, this space of safety and energy that I can take the hard information. I can, I can really digest it. But when I hang up that phone and Karen Sarlo's not there to reassure or kick the ass of my self abuser, mm-hmm. my inner critic, and I'm left to my own devices and it's just me and my inner critic, That's my that might be when I need the wine and the pasta. Or I convince myself I need the wine and the pasta. Oh, I like it better that you said that you convinced yourself that you need it. Oh, yeah. I mean, none of us do. It's, it's contributing to your lack of listening, honey. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final point, Kelly, that the guides made here for her in her session was that her emotional intelligence still needs work. And they said, now she's going to balk at that because she's been working on it. After the whole session, she's still 
going to resist that? That's what they said. Because she's going to come through and see it as a criticism. So just sort of sit there and give her a minute because she'll do her work and then she'll come around. So don't jump to defend what we've said. Just simply point it out to her and give her a minute. So she, I'm assuming given that information that she does not know that active listening is a form of emotional intelligence. You know what, Kelly? I don't know. Well, you there. You must assume that because if she is agreeing with your previous statement and going, oh, that's true. Oh, that's true. I do do that. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I need more emotional intelligence? Then she's not defining emotional intelligence with active listening. Okay. I'm, I, or I'm, process. Okay. So I did what the guide said and I told her that. Um, I said, you know, your emotional intelligence still needs some work. And you can you can hear on the other end, silence at first. And then I thought, ooh, maybe the guides are wrong. And then she jumps in and she goes, what do you mean? I've been working on that for such a long time. I'm working on my emotional intelligence. And she says, I've been reading this book. And she starts to name different things that she's been doing for emotional intelligence. And I got quiet. I just stopped. I I mean, I just listened to her, but I did not respond immediately, just like the guide said. They said, give her time. And then sure enough, just as there's silence, she's catching on that I'm being quiet. Remember now, we've seen each other many times. Mm -hmm. And she goes, oh. And then there's this, oh, then there's more silence. And then she goes, okay. She goes, "Um, I know when you're silent, it's because I'm not listening. (laughs) Yeah, we had a good laugh. She goes, and I'm understanding that I have a lot of anxiety because I asked this question today. And I was pretty convinced I was going to come out with a yes answer. So I've been blown away that it was no. And I've been blown away with everything that you've been telling me. So I've had to like totally readjust what I thought was coming today. So you're telling me I need more EQ and and I'm just going to say, okay, and I have to listen to that. I want to say this too, like for anyone who's listening and, you know, even, even I want to be like, oh, what's about to come out of your mouth, Kelly? Reading is not doing. Reading is a great hobby. It's an excellent way to take information. You can learn all the concepts in, in this life that there is to learn, but that is not implementation. So when someone says, oh yeah, I've been working on it. I've read all kinds of books. Cool. Have you said no to someone? Have you implemented something, one of those tools in a healthy conversation to actually begin the behavioral changes? That first episode, uh, maybe the second episode that we did of this year was called um, Only Behavior Changes, Please. Oh, right? yeah. Or only changes in behavior. Yes. Like this isn't about, oh, I got all of the concepts and did nothing with them. My EQ is so great. Like y- you're intellectualizing everything. And that's what she does. Like that's a very, very accurate statement to make about her in particular. And I think is a wonderful thing to say to everybody listening. Thanks. Because it's IQ. It's not EQ. And it's Barely IQ. If you don't, if you cannot connect the simplistic dots that emotional intelligence involves listening, active listening, and active empathy, you've barely got intelligence. But she thinks that she does because she's got a stack of books. Yeah, I get that. 
That's all I'm saying. And I'm speaking to the people who have maybe yeah. been listening to this for, you know, six years and also think the way Solana does. Right. Yeah. Think that they know more than what's being offered in the show because they have more books on their shelf, right? Where they haven't had a healthy conversation with their adult children, with their parents as grown adults themselves mm-hmm. who can't, you know, individuate from a boss or be healthy with their coworkers. Mm-hmm. If you're not implementing concept, like I can read through a shop novel. I wouldn't call myself a mechanic <laughs> if I've never picked that's, up a wrench. That's good. That's a great example, Kelly. To pick a trade and say you could read a trade book doesn't make you the trades person. Yeah, that's good. Think about Amy on Superstore reading, like skimming through the manual to operate that like forklift oh, yeah. and then getting on it. And it's like, oof, that didn't translate. <laughs> <laughs> right? You got a warehouse in shambles and it's like, but I read the manual. Mm-hmm. Right? You I like, did. I like your expression that didn't translate. <laughs> I think that's going to stick for me humorously now. When I or I see in other people that they have read something, think that they are have high EQ mm-hmm. and don't translate it into the actions. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually ask you to make that the last statement of the show. It's also gonna be the title. Is it? Yeah. I like that. Anyway, that is actually the end of the session. Great. Mm-hmm. Thank you for putting this into a podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.